This is a story about listening and learning and finding your own voice, about a circle of influences helping you along the way, and in this instance, about much less than six degrees of separation. The great drummer Joe Morello, who worked so prominently with Dave Brubeck, talks about his journey in The Drummer's Time by Rich Mattingly. He says, Originally, I wanted to be a classical snare drummer and timpanist. Before that, I played the violin from when I was five years old until I was about 11 or 12. Then I heard hyphets, and after that, I wasn't happy with the way I played. But I always liked the drums, and I always could play those little corny things like any kid did with pots and pans. Then I studied with Joe Sefchik in Springfield, a vaudeville drummer. My father didn't want me to study drums at all. He got sick of paying for violin lessons. So he said, if you do anything, you'll have to do it on your own. So I used to go down to the vaudeville theater every week to see the movie, sit right in front, and I got all Sefchik's brush beats down. All that stuff came easy to me. Meanwhile, I was listening to Gene Krupa. Sefchik told me about him, so I picked up on some of his things and caught him in person a few times, and I was impressed with that. I liked the big bands, and so I started collecting records. I listened to Basie's band with Joe Jones, and then I heard Tommy Dorsey with Buddy Rich. There was this blaze of triplets and this driving kind of thing that just knocked me out. I had never even heard of Buddy Rich. I started listening to more of the Tommy Dorsey things, and I said, that's really the way I want to play. I was only 15 or 16, so that was my main inspiration, to see how far I could take it. I always felt that if one person could achieve a facility like that, anybody could if he or she wanted to words of drummer Joe Morello speaking about his early years and the tremendous impact of hearing Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich there, and here's Buddy Rich in a life-changing performance for young Tyler Dempsey. Up until the time he heard these sounds on his home player, Tyler had been a dilettante drummer, performing this and that without any real commitment one way or another, until, until this Buddy Rich recording. There's a bassist named Cameron Bergeron who played with Rich and told FBPO's John Liebman 
what he learned from Buddy Rich. One afternoon, after a couple of nights of feeling that Rich wasn't happy with where I was placing the beat, I asked Buddy if he wanted me to play a little more on top. He put a hand at the top of his head and the other at his waist and said, I don't want it here, and I don't want it here. I want it right here, right down the middle, pointing at his heart, right down the middle and with conviction. See if you don't think that the right here, right down the middle to the heart could easily describe Tyler Dempsey's experience of hearing Buddy Rich and his big band when he was finding his way. Tyler Dempsey is a professional drummer and educator from Clark Summit. He's performed, toured, and recorded with many of the region's finest musicians, including National Endowment for the Arts Jazz Masters, Dave Liebman and Bob Doro, Grammy Award-winning pianist Kevin Hayes, Gene Perla, Joe Locke, Matt Feschlishen, Adam Nywood, Tony Marino, Bill Washer, the list goes on. As an educator, he holds the position of Director of Percussion Instruction at Keystone College. Tyler is the recipient of the 2020 F. Lamott Beelan Scholarship. Tyler Dempsey dropped in to the WVIA studios to talk with us about drums and drumming in his life and what's going to take place this weekend. I have two cousins that were both musicians at the time, one that is still a musician and uh, they were both drummers and quite a bit older than me and I really looked up to them and I remember wanting to be a drummer because of that but also I would see marching bands in the in the parade or I'd listen to the radio and I'd really key in on the drums. It seemed like to me at the time the most important instrument in the band and the most exciting and so I, I started playing in middle school band and I specifically remember receiving a record from my cousin and it was a Buddy Rich big band album keep the customer satisfied it was called and I put it in the boom box at my parents house and I remember putting it on and the power of the big band there's something about it that really drew me in and I knew at that moment that I wanted to be a jazz musician up until then I was just listening to the radio or whatever was on but that was the switch that went off did you go on to study then more seriously? I did, yeah. I played in school band around high school age. I started taking private instruction, first at Marywood University and then with Marco Marcinko and a number of other teachers. Uh, I decided I wanted to pursue it in college and went on from there and also studied with numerous teachers. And you know, as we'll talk about, the guys that I'll be playing with are also in a way teachers to me. And that's always been really important process for me was studying with people, modeling, and uh, growing from there. In that connection, then, you mentioned Marco Marcinko. Marco studied with Joe Morello, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you have this chain. You have Marco studying with Joe Morello, and you studying with Marco, and he studied with Morello. How does that work? Obviously, you have your own voice, but there are those influences, right? Sure, certainly. And because Marco studied with Joe Morello when I was in high school, I also reached out to Joe Morello and I went and took a lesson. My dad drove me to, I think it was West Orange, New Jersey, and I took a proper Joe Morello lesson, which was pretty incredible. And he was uh, getting up there in age at the time, but had some really impactful advice. And I remember practicing for weeks and weeks and weeks after that. It left me really inspired. But yeah, when 
when studying with a teacher who also studied with a teacher, you know, their way of teaching or approach has been affected by their experience. So in a way, you're getting a little bit of that Joe Morello through Marco or whatever the case may be. Remind people what Joe Morello was known for. He played with Dave Brubeck, and many people might know him from the song Take Five, the, the amazing drumming on there. Dave Brubeck group. You were under no illusion, though, that becoming a professional musician was going to be easy, right? (laughs) I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I also knew that it might not be the most financially lucrative career, but there was something that I just couldn't shake. You know, I've heard people say, if you can do something else, you should. And I just couldn't do anything else. I mean, I just really love this. I love the music. I love expressing myself and being me. I love the camaraderie playing with musicians, and I especially love improvising. I love the spontaneity of it. You've played with Dave Liebman? I have, yeah. Here, actually, yeah. And Dave is Mr. Improvisation. I mean, he speaks and writes about improvisation. What do you learn when you play with him in that regard? Well, I really feel like I learned the importance of intensity and the importance of energy, not just what you say, but how you say it. Yeah, he was a really important person for me over the years. I used to see him play, took some lessons with him, and he just always exuded so much energy and intensity. And it was a difficult thing to match, and he brought you up to his level. And we're going to talk about that because that's probably the case with the musicians you're going to be playing with. And we must note that Dave Lieben is not a drummer. Correct. Well, he, he does he does play drums, actually. Back when I took those lessons with him, he did sit down at the drum set and give some examples of what he was talking about. And he played with some of the greatest drummers, and most notably Elvin Jones. So, you know, he was there firsthand. So he does play a little bit of drums, and it's cool to see. Are you drawn to playing anything and everything you play at all, I'm sure? Yeah. Uh, any any type of jazz is my preference, solely for the fact that I can be myself and improvise. I love and appreciate all types of music, and certainly because I play primarily jazz, the other types of music can you know be a challenge sometimes, just because I'm not used to doing that. But I, I love the idea of just showing up and making music. No rehearsals, not really talking about it, just uh, looking at each other, counting the song off, and playing. We were smiling about you as little Tyler talking about the drums being the most important. But the drums are foundational. The drums have a particularly important role, and I think that drums can make or break any situation. Just inherently because of the volume of the drums, we can overpower, we can play faster, slower, louder, softer, and uh, we kind of provide this bed for the rest of the musicians to lay on. And a lot of the energy and intensity, like I mentioned, derives from the rhythm of the drums. 
I remember my dad was a jazz lover, and he lived in New York, went to school there, and was in the Navy there. And he was at Carnegie Hall in 1938, and he heard that Sing, Sing, Sing with Gene Krupa. And he'd always sit me down, you know, on an LP, and he said, now listen to this, now listen to this. What about drum solos? Is it scary? Is it exhilarating? All of that? How do you talk about drum solos? It used to be a scary thing, for sure, because... There's a long history of great drum soloists, um, going back to Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich and Elvin Jones and all the people that we mentioned. I like drum solos because they can go in any direction and there's a million possibilities. It doesn't have to be one thing or the the other. And when you really look at a drum set, there's there's just so many things to pull from, so many different colors to access. And I've been really enjoying the freedom of just playing whatever I want. (laughs) What is your preference? Do you like the trio setting? Do you like the big band which grabbed you initially? You love it all? I love it all, but I am much more of a small group guy. Yeah, even though the big band I, I love and appreciate and that's what drew me in, there's something about the intimacy of a smaller group that I really enjoy. And that's what you're inviting us to. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited and fortunate to be joined on October 15th at 2 p.m. at the Waverly Community House by two of my musical heroes, Kevin Hayes on the piano, who's a, a Grammy Award-winning musician who's played with a Who's Who, uh, same with the bass player, but they both played with like everybody under the sun, most notably Steve Gadd and James Taylor and Sonny Rollins, and the list goes on and on and on. And then also I'll be joined by Ben Street on the bass, who's one of my favorite bass players who's played with everybody. And this is going to be our first opportunity to play together. So I'm really looking forward to that. How did it come to be? Did you know them all along and then you just invited them to come? So as we were talking before about COVID time, I noticed that a lot of musicians were leaving the big cities and finding smaller towns to live in and looking for maybe a better life for themselves in a a quiet town. And I saw something during COVID that Kevin posted online, and it was mentioning that he was in a certain town that wasn't all that far from me. And uh, that got the wheels turning. I was surprised to see that. I reached out to him to see if he'd be willing to teach some lessons or get together. So we scheduled something and got together and played duo, just Kevin and I. And it was a fantastic learning experience. And we did that again a couple of times. And then I asked him if he'd be willing to do some gigs with me. And so we started to do some trio gigs on a somewhat monthly basis. And it was fantastic. And I met Ben through a friend that was taking some lessons with him, and I had always admired his playing, but he also moved not that far from me. So they're both out of the city and nearby, which facilitated this. You just spoke about being lifted up when you were playing with Dave Liebman to a higher level of performance. Tell us about that, because these musicians are veterans now. It feels easy, in a way. It feels really comfortable and easy. Of course, there's no doubt that it's intimidating and exciting and nerve-wracking and all of those things, but all in all, these gentlemen are master musicians who make it easy to play with you. One thing that it really exposes is the, the, the need to listen and be present. There's no phoning it in, but if you're present, it's easy. 
It's really such a measure of respect that Kevin Hayes, for example, wants to continue to play with you. Right, yeah, and I, I do really value that. And although we haven't talked a ton about music, his actions and his playing have really taught me a great deal, like a, a, a whole lot. And it has made me really think about myself and my career, my approach, all of that stuff, just in the act of playing. When you've played duo, for example, with him, and then you're bringing in band, is it going to be mutual? Let's do this. Are you going to do a set list? Or are you going to say on the spot? How do you do that with somebody like these guys? In the past, it's been on the spot. There's kind of a, a common list of tunes that we've talked about or played before, or some of Kevin's originals, some of his arrangements. But in the past, it's kind of been Kevin starts and we follow. And that, that adds another level of excitement, spontaneity, and also you know a real sentiment that you need to be present because you don't know what's about to come. In the course of what you've been describing about playing with master musicians, does that allow you to take risks and discover capacities you hadn't known you had? Yes. It, admittedly, I needed a little bit of encouragement when it comes to that. I needed to get the go-ahead to realize that it was okay to be myself and to go for things. But that's, uh, that's something that Kevin encouraged and uh, getting the go-ahead really made me feel much more comfortable and uh, inspired. I'm not asking you to necessarily pinpoint it or describe it because it would be indescribable, but is there one of those remarkable moments where you nail it for yourself? You take that risk and it works and there's nothing like it. There's been a number of those over the years. I, I can't necessarily pinpoint them, but... I do have fond memories of that, and it might sound a little crazy, but those moments in particular almost feel as though I'm not playing. It's just happening. Yeah, it's just flowing through. And that all comes from being present, I think. And I'm admittedly not always present, but I'm trying my best. Do people say, Tyler, Tyler, meditate. Tyler, Tyler, do yoga. No, but but I've certainly looked into it. I've tried to read all the interviews I could or listen to interviews to see what my favorite musicians were doing because they seem to be accessing that zone more frequently. So is it meditation? Is it uh, a healthy diet? Is it exercise? What is it? So that might be the key. I should meditate more. When you have a concert at the Waverly Community House, you have been honored by the Waverly Community House and, and talked to our, our listeners about the Beelin Award. Yeah, back in 2021, I believe it was, I won the F. Lamont Beelin Scholarship, which we were in COVID times at the time, and, and uh, my proposal was that I needed some assistance for a home studio to reach students you know, across the country and even locally. So I won the scholarship and was able to purchase some really great camera equipment and uh, microphones and stuff necessary to, to continue my living at home at the time. And did it change anything about your approach to teaching that now that you're back and having students in the same room, but you got some insights when you were doing the Zoom sessions? Were they I, all bad? <laughs> they, they weren't all bad. I definitely realized that the importance of coming at a topic from multiple angles especially over the internet when there's so many different variables. I really had to focus on 
finding the way to get through to a student and it wasn't as clear as it might be in person. So that probably transferred over to my in-person lessons now. Not every student is the same and I need to kind of solve the Rubik's Cube, which is finding the, the direction to reach each student. Many teachers say that they learn from the experience of teaching, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It makes you really kind of reevaluate and think about how you achieved a certain thing or how you reached a conclusion. And it makes you question if your conclusion is even correct. And just the act of explaining. I often have my students explain to me. If we're working on something to make sure that they understand, I have them explain it. Because there's something about the process of explaining it that really makes it settle in. We know that you bring yourself to the improvising you do, but do you do any composing? A little bit, a little bit. I'd really love to get into that more, and I set a, a pretty solid goal that within this next year and a half, I'd like to record my first record as a leader, and I hope to have these gentlemen that are joining me at this concert be a part of it as well, but I really would like to, to write some music for that. I do play a little bit of piano, and that's primarily how I, I write, but I need to take that next step and really pen it, as they say. Now, I'm just teasing, but we won't have to wait until the record release party to hear you all play. Remind us about what's on offer this weekend. Well, I just think this is a, a unique opportunity to hear two of the world's finest musicians in our backyard. You know, you don't have to travel to the Village Vanguard or New York City to see them. They're right here. And I, I hope that people will come check it out and be inspired, as I am, by hearing them play. Drummer and educator Tyler Dempsey from Clark Summit, director of percussion instruction at Keystone College and recipient of the 2020 F. Lamont Beelan Scholarship through the Waverly Community House, and we're invited to the Waverly Community House on Sunday, this Sunday, October 15th, at 2 o'clock for a performance by the Tyler Dempsey Trio, featuring Grammy Award-winning pianist Kevin Hayes and bassist Ben Street. Kevin Hayes, we're hearing him here, is a Grammy Award-winning jazz pianist, composer, and singer-songwriter. Many recordings have received critical acclaim from the New York Times, Downbeat, and Jazz Times, even in France. And he has been a guest artist with Chris Potter, Joshua Redman, Nicholas Payton, Al Foster. He's collaborated in a piano duo project with Brad Maldow, world tours with James Taylor, Sonny Rollins, John Schofield, Joe Henderson, and Roy Haynes. And as far as the Grammy Award goes, he co-wrote several compositions on Steve Gadban's album of that title, which garnered the 2019 Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Instrumental Album. The album features Kevin's own spring song. Ben Street is a bassist who studied at the New England Conservatory of Music with Miroslav Vitus and David Holland before he moved to New York. He's performed and toured with Danilo Perez, Roswell Rudd, Lee Konitz, David Sanchez, James Moody, Frank Foster, Clark Terry, and so many others. So Ben Street and Kevin Hayes will join Tyler Dempsey at the Waverly Community House, and that's this Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock 
for uh, an exciting performance. And we know that Tyler Dempsey, the drummer, will be taking risks and soaring. For more information on the web, waverlycom.org, waverlycom.org, W-A-V-E-R-L-Y-C-O-M-M dot org, waverlycom.org, the Tyler Dempsey Trio featuring award-winning pianist Kevin Hayes and bassist Ben Street, Sunday, October 15th at 2 o'clock at the Waverly Community House, waverlycom.org.